Welcome, you're tuned into Make Room Podcast Episode 2. I'd like to start off by saying a huge thank you to all that have tuned in and for the immense support I've received for Episode 1. Continue to follow our episode releases, join our Instagram page and in with the conversation and share. In this episode, we'll be exploring racism through a European lens. We'll be exploring themes of implicit and explicit encounters, discussing a little history that isn't all that historical. So buckle up, grab a coffee or a cuppa, and let's get into it. Joining me as a guest in this episode is someone I hold near and dear, whom I've known since we were in diapers. My cousin and brother Dwayne Adamali is a name I highly encourage you to keep note of. He's an extraordinary new filmmaker who joins us today to talk about his mixed race upbringing. Currently residing in London, Dwayne was born in Zimbabwe to a Zimbabwean mother and Italian father. Amongst most of his successful works is an award-winning documentary revolving around the earthquake of L'Aquila, Italy. His films aim to bring light to the confusion of his generation. His latest work, Another Piece of Shit, follows the tired psyche of an artist under pressures bigger than he can handle. You're tuned in to Make Room Podcast. Why don't you um, sort of introduce yourself, your background, just so that they can get a bit more insight into yourself? Right. Yeah. So, um, well, I guess from like uh, uh, the first way I would describe myself is, well, I'm a filmmaker, I make mm. films and uh, I make short films on the side and I work in advertising. But as a background, I always introduce myself as, well, actually I'm from Italy. Mm. Uh, but then obviously I think if people would see my skin color, they'd be like, okay, wait, where are you actually from? So I'm actually from Zimbabwe originally. Mm. Uh, I uh, lived there for 10 years and then I moved to Genova in Italy uh, for another nine and I studied in the UK. Mm. And that's where I, I live right now. And I continue to work in the, the industry. So, I mean, your background is one that's always been really interesting, especially um, from my perspective as well, because you are biracial, you know? Yeah. No, but it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you are biracial, but it's not um, what somebody would typically think, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, I th- and you know what, that, that's very interesting. So recently, one, one of my friends um, who I met at university, he, he, he recently released a video on being uh, half Asian. And I think uh, the way he, he prefaced, prefaced the video, which is an interesting video, his name is Ray Roberts. Um, he, he, he mentioned how people saw him as racially ambiguous, mm. right? And I think that's something that has never happened to me uh, yeah. personally. Nobody's went... I don't know where he is, or they've never really sort of cared. They just said, okay, that is, well, African. And I think, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I don't know if um, that applies to many people because I guess in Italy, um, there isn't the, the concept of black. There okay. is only a concept of an immigrant. There's only a concept of somebody coming from, from Africa. And uh, I, which, which differs from Europe, which uh, you can be, considered as black or or in the states where it can be considered as black but mm. Mm. because of that um, because of nobody really having any doubts uh, and everything I, I realized very late very late that for a long time they've been ignoring sort of my father's side of things and you know actually there there there's, there's a lot to say there's a lot to unpack here but yeah just to just just to finish i guess that 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 segment is well, actually, there, there should be some questions. It'll be interesting to see, actually, hold on, my heritage, my culture is mm-hmm. both Italian and Zimbabwean. Mm-hmm. And there, there's two different things. And because I, I've just been con- called black, called African, that is the label, self-put label I've been put in. And that, and that sort of opens up the discussion, what is your identity, right? Yeah. So that's something that somebody can say unto you and what, what you think of yourself. Yeah, no, that's, that's honestly, uh, and I was just thinking because from my perspective, um, 
of witnessing you growing up I have always felt that you know because your your complexion is darker um and I always felt that in some ways the Italian side wasn't necessarily being acknowledged as much as it could have necessarily yeah I just didn't know if that was coming from you if that was just coming from external I, I think that's the thing as as as, as a child I think that I was very just, I very, I very much, much wanted to blend in whatever mm. surroundings I had, which is, which is a bit odd because um, I went to a private school in, in, in Arara and everybody there was white. And mm-hmm. so whilst I was in Zimbabwe, I was, I wasn't even, I wasn't like, even by, by black Africans, I, I was, I was obviously not part of the black Africans. I, my skin was lighter there. Mm. Um, but because I was always surrounded by, which uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I use the term white, black and all these things in, 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 in just a descriptive way. Yeah. And I, and I because, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's just the pigmentation on, uh, on your, on your skin. Mm. And, um, yeah, growing up, growing up when I remember we, we, we used to, what we, we met, each, we met each other in like so many places in Europe, Italy, uh, UK. Mm. And, um, I, you know what, I, I even think that I used to see your skin color mm-hmm. and say we're very similar you yeah. know sisterly like and i and i and i felt and i and i think I, that was purely unconscious but you know I, I if you look at your complexion i never had that that idea of okay what's the darker skin i know my mom used to be quite i don't know if you want, want me saying this but quite uh <laughs> quite quite not i would never say embarrassed my mom is a very very mm. proud and 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 I, and I really admire her but she would be she wouldn't mention how her skin is dark yeah she 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 was aware of it and she was and you know I think that also just comes from her living in the skin of a darker skinned black woman and in any sort of setting because even within the black community you know there is the issue of colorism as well um (laughs) and you know I think late on (laughs) and I think for her as well you know the the migration to Europe when you are of that darker complexion um, as a black as a black woman, I think it is harder. It's not as easy to sort of assimilate or to um, blend in from the get go because people, as we all know, with the world that we live in, people will see your race first before they start to see anything deeper um, uh, in your identity. So, I mean, one thing that I wanted to sort of start off with was. Um, biases, racial biases, and mm-hmm. you know how it, how they come about in different parts of Europe. So you know, one thing that we always kind of compare things to when it comes to racism um, is America, because America in America, racism is very prevalent and it's very in yeah. your face. Um, it's very explicit. One might say it's almost yeah the frame of reference for uh, many things yes including racism (laughs) exactly Um, and it's interesting because I have heard people describe racism in Europe or the UK in comparison to America as more subtle racism or more implicit racism Um, how would you sort of describe you know your experiences perhaps starting off in Italy and other places that you've been to. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think, it, uh, yeah, I, I can definitely uh, talk more about like the, the Italian experience. So I, um, let's say I moved there when I, when I was 10 and I was of a small, small uh, height, small build. Mm. So, and I think, you know, I was reflecting on that and that made me notice how as a child, as a small um, uh, b- black kid, mm-hmm. um, you're cute, you know, and I, and I realized uh, I, I distinguished to this uh, later on cute mm. racism, which is if I would do anything, really, it would be, oh, look, you know, he can do that. Yeah. And, kind of or, like a novelty. Um, yeah. Novelty. Like, oh, you know what? Not, 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 not too bad. Huh? That's quite impressive. You know, mm. as if the standards are like ridiculously low and like, I'm just excelling because I can talk. And, um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, or, um, I remember like silly things such as, you know, maybe I would pop a dance, right? I just want to dance because I'm, I'm happy with my friends. I'm dancing. And it's like, yeah, man, he's got rhythm in his blood. Mm. And, and, and it's one of those things where I think it's very important to, to, to sort of say, 
why am I even bothered by this? Uh, what, 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 what's happening? Okay, mm. what is the actual, with, it, with, with a sort of statement like that, why am I being offended for being, not because I, I, I don't even know if I'm offended because they're just saying that, you know, yes, I've got culture, cultural heritage. But I think what is, what, what, what is quite bothering is that immediately I have to be myself, my identity, mm-hmm. my Doina Dumbly, who's dancing because I got a good grade, right? Mm. Has to be immediately pushed into a section of what they believe is a certain bloods, genetic makeup that mm. makes me react to certain ways. And rather than letting myself, my own identity be, because yeah. uh, I'm obviously very proud uh, because uh, I mean, not uh, Dante's uh, deadly seven sins proud, but in a, in a, in a modern sense of it mm. being happy just, you know, to say that, you know, my mom is Zimbabwean, my father's Italian. We've got so many, years and years of history i mean i guess in zimbabwe you can talk about a lot of history that has been sort mm. of ignored or, or destroyed and all those things right um but yeah so i would say that's that's the first step cute mm. races you mentioned earlier how in italy it feels almost as though number one they don't identify you by your race explicitly they don't say oh you're black they yeah. they identify you by your nationality right so they'll group you as being African. That is something that I think um, a lot of Europeans, especially those who might not have, I, I don't know, might not have a full grasp of what racism is in, in like the fullest sense of it. I think they kind of hide behind that, um, mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, well, I'm not judging you in your race. I mean, you're African yeah. is what you are. But, you know, with with that label comes all the baggage and the, you know, subsections of what your definition of being African is mm-hmm. and what your prejudices are, you know, towards African and I, and I And I think to, to bounce off that, uh, and it, a, a nice way to put it, I, I, I listened to this on, uh, on a TED talk, which is um, look at yourself in the mirror, right? And if you look, what, what do you see in the mirror? And this, and this TED talk was hosted by uh, a white man in his 30s. He self-proclaimed himself as that. And he said, you know, he sees a man. Uh, and then other people in the debate were like um, uh, two women, right? One, mm. one woman stood up and said, I see myself as a, as a woman, right? Which is very different from being a man. But then a, uh, a black woman stood up and says, well, you know what? I wake up in the mirror and I see a black woman. Mm. What do you see in the mirror? right, is what people will immediately see you as. And I think that's very important to say that we don't have the privilege of just saying, I wake up in the mirror and I see a boy, a man, uh, yeah. a woman, right? We have to see ourselves with a different sort of lens, the lens that, that is said to us. And, and there's always, you know, the joke now, it's like, oh, no, I don't see color. Mm. And I don't think that, that that's the point. It'd be lovely to appreciate everybody's sort of color. Exactly. Uh, and... But also, you know, that's that's one thing that I think Europe has a big issue with is um, the acknowledgement of mm-hmm. number one racism <laughs> within Europe yeah. and the acknowledgement of its history and the role that the very significant role it played in the development of modern day racism Absolutely. as we know it. Um, so I think in, 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 in my case, so just to like uh, disclaimer, I've never experienced any, luckily enough, any bad uh, discrimination as you would see, that's what's happening in the United States or any other countries. Mm. I, I think the, what I, the, the, the heaviest I've always felt was just not belonging, mm. right? And there's many, there's many levels of that. Except for once when I went to the southern of uh, of Italy, in which people wouldn't even talk to me in, in Italian, they would, they would they would just go directly to my my friends. I always work with really? one of my best friends, Eduardo Galeone, and he was um he was a camera operator, and I was the director of this this of this um of this documentary. And you know, this sub, every subject would just immediately put their hands towards him first before wow. even talking to me. And this, and then he would go like, you know, he speaks Italian. It's like, and they're still talking to him and go, oh really? Oh, that's mm. incredible. Okay, well, bene. So what are you guys doing? But he wouldn't, they still wouldn't talk to me. And you know, that's wow. why I had to come up and say, yo. Um, but you know, but I think those are those th- th- those are encounters where um, it happens because, and you know, there, I think what's important is Italy is a very shell. It's very, I'm sorry. 
um, there's, a, there's a dome of protection around it. It's very isolated. You know, it's mm. a beautiful place. If you think of it, you think mandor, mandorline, you know, um, olive trees, you know, everything is just beautiful. Mm. Uh, and so it is, if you do go in there and if you live there as an Italian, you are sort of separated from this world. Mm. TV is outdated. It's from 20 years in the past. Everything is, is like that. So, so, that, so that bubble allows them to sort of, you know, continue acting that way. And, and, and to be just, just to express their, their, their side of things, mm. it's not racism. It's mm. different, right? Which we know is racism in the end of the day, if you know, we look at the definitions and you put two things together, but um, I would never said that person um, would, would have, I mean, I did, I did, I did feel scared at some, mm. at certain points, you know, as like, you know, I don't feel comfortable because, you know, this guy is weird, but I've mm. never, but I think it was always a sense of, you know, this, is, this person is different. They just don't understand me. Mm. So they felt, uh, you know, like uh, just w- why won't you accept me as Italian mm. and, and coming from someone who is a uh, mixed race, you know, that's like, well, I am Italian. I am exactly like you. I do you know speak yeah. your I, I speak our language just the thing our yeah. language is we, we, we're a thing and uh, being being a part of two two cultures I'm like I realize how owning something doesn't really matter right mm. it's I, I, I don't I don't feel the necessity to say yes that no no I'm proud of the pasta or I'm proud of sadza right I know it's, no, it's re- I really enjoy them both I share them I've eaten both grown, growing up. They're two staples and of, of something in which when somebody, both African or um, Italian, doesn't recognize that in me, I'm like, so wait, so what, what does that put me? Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, that's an interesting. I think um, maybe a lot of uh, uh, mixed people must feel that. Uh, every, every now and then, I just, I just I, when, 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 when these episodes pop up, I just think, man, this was just all a mistake. Mm. we know one person two people 300 nation right made one mistake of you know assuming with their medical knowledge of their time scientific knowledge that Mm. you know this uh, dark-skinned person is not a person actually i think it's very important because um i that you know racism has evolved right and i think um the difference from being being a cotton picker is that you know you would you would you you were you know an animal below gods right you know Mm -hmm. you have to to think the context that there was still we were all created by 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 god by god yeah and then and and, uh, which you know then so many jokes happened with my childhood is like you know uh i think it was um god put uh man cookies in the oven and the the dark skin came out overcooked and the white, but, but then I think there was also like the white uh, were not cooked enough. So mm. I think the perfect were some brown. You uh, know what? I, I heard something like that. I, I'm trying yeah. to think because it sounds so familiar. It's something about black be- people being, you know what? It used to be a joke that somebody said where yes, um, yeah. God had cooked people in order to make them and mm-hmm. that he'd overdone black people. So that's why <laughs> yes. we ended yeah, up being... That was- yeah <laughs> it's it's crazy the kinds of the kinds of things jokes. people uh, used to come up with man one thing that i could say is that once i you know once i started traveling um europe that's when i really started to feel um this sense of feeling different and other um mm. it's it's again like you said you know that i mean for me from my experience there have been explicit incidents where um for example, you know, I've been called blackie by a eight-year-old girl who then also told me that I didn't belong there at the time and that I should go back to my country. Um, you know, I, I've, I've had those experiences, but I've also had those really subtle experiences where it's almost like you don't realize that it was a, a, race, a racial incident until you're like a few days on from that incident. Yeah, and then you're I thinking think that's back. <laughs> That's true. You know, <laughs> like people say, I wish I thought of this. I wish I thought of this joke sooner. But yeah, in your case, it's, you realize it later, and it always happens. You realize yeah. it later. It's 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 so weird, um, but you know, Europe has a very strong history in regards to 
um, the formation of modern day um, racism, especially racism towards black people. Europe has a history of human zoos where they used to bring African villages or make up mock African villages by bringing in, um, you know, Africans from different countries mm-hmm. on the continent over to Europe on these um, like tours um, yeah. and have them live in these um, makeshift sort of um, made up villages and sort of having them act out what a day to day life in that village would be all Sounds while like I know and all while being watched by thousands of these were essentially like petting zoos, you know, people could go up to like the little kids and the babies and be petting their hair and, you know, be like poking them and prodding them. Um, And the very last one that's been confirmed, um, I believe was 1958. Yeah, 1958, that makes sense. Which is crazy because, I mean, my mother was born in 1961. Yeah, yeah, it's so close. You know, I do want better. In 1950, my father was still, um, was, anyway, he was very young, okay? Mm. He was young, that, so young that he would uh, um, look at the Corriere dei Piccoli, which translates to the, I guess, the newspaper for the, for the children, which is a, a section of the higher newspaper, right? Mm. For adults, there's a section for that. And on the main spread, so, you know, open a few pages and you have, like, both pages full, uh, full bleed image. And the title was The Animals of the World. Mm. Okay, and then and in that you had peacocks, zebras, buffalo, dogs, you know, everything, all the way down to this little figure of a black uh, man, you know, wow. but you know, very elegant, got like pearls, white pearls, and everything. But it was inside this frame of a page called The Animals uh, of the World. Wow, and and that was 1950s, and you know, human zoo. So I think, and I think that's why, you know, huge respect for my father, you know, even as a child, he was like. That, that doesn't make sense you know yeah these human zoos and the, these things are just it's all very harmless as you would do to an animal right but mm. in but in but it does harm generations of psyche and and and, and just self-esteem even though in some cases or if you look at the united states that and now we're back to that stage where you know what you don't have time to think of what let me think of my self-esteem or any other mental right. issues you're, yeah. you're just thinking of surviving surviving yeah and um i think that that's just a very important thing and 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 i know that now the more i speak with my friends which are you know mostly white and i say that in like such a nice way like you know i just you know just we're just we're just people walking this earth they 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 they, they do they do sort of say that and i think another another problem was people uh, at least white people being feel feeling attacked saying you know what oh, but i should feel guilty you know and the white guilt mm. and um and all these things, which I guess, slowly, slowly, sooner we can we can dissolve that. You mm. know, we can we can we can move on to saying just you know, let's just be objective. Let's just understand where we are now, right? But let's just understand our, our past, and right, that's where we come can from. build conversations and people listen. You know, I think that's that that's just a great thing when people listen to you. You know, I was having this discussion with somebody um, a few months ago, and. Um, you know, I remember this statement came out during that conversation. I can't remember who said it, but um, the statement was the only history of xenophobia that racism of xenophobia and racism Europe chooses to acknowledge and continues to take brazen and outward steps towards doing right by system systemically mm-hmm. is the Holocaust. And it, it was a bold statement. And again, I, you know, I could have very well been the person who said yeah. it. It could have been the friend that I was speaking with who said it. But either way, um, you know, there are some truths to that statement in the sense that, yeah. um, you know, we're very, Europe is very explicit and very outspoken in, its, in, in accepting that it's had a dark past of, um, you know, anti-Semitic views and um you know obviously the holocaust became sort of the peak of all of that um so much to the point where germany in ways are still repaying um europe for for that you know that 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 smear in its history um and yet when it comes to 
colonization, when it comes to slavery, there's not so much of that explicit of a act or that explicit of a acknowledgement or you know that you, you don't feel the yeah. same energy is being put into um europe's role in that necessarily I, I, no i agree completely because um it, it, it's a tough one because if you think of, of colonialism um zimbabwe is a british colony um one of the most famous figures was cecil rhodes in fact zimbabwe mm. before its independence in 1980 was called rhodesia yeah uh, if you look at cecil rhodes right now he's forgotten right i don't the the you know, britain society wouldn't um you know he was very he was accoladed in his time obviously but you know uh now it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense anymore mm. um and i think the, the trouble is, is cecil rhodes is a very interesting figure he he he, he, you could say he brought, right, you know, at least the, in quotation marks at the time, brought civilization, mm. brought uh, so many things from Europe, the, from the civilized man all the way to, to the uncivilized uh, animal. And I think that is a very important step. Whilst in, in Jewish history, which I think is the most ridiculous. Like, I mean, any, any sort of form of discrimination is just, is just absurd. It, like, absurd, yeah. Like, I mean, I, have to say, I just have to say that outright. You know, it, it, mm. it, it just makes me go like, why, you know? Um, but, you know, obviously we're, just, we're talking this and we're, and we're trying to understand why. Mm. Um, the, the devastation thing of, 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 of the Shoah is like, uh, there was just a final solution. You know, there was not even uh, just a complete erasing their history was mm. was was with was with slavery there was never really and it, they didn't even care about yeah erasing. there was no remorse whilst it was happening um yeah. and there weren't allies whilst it was happening i think the big yeah. difference is is that you know when it came to the holocaust um there were allies who um were obviously opposed to it um mm -hmm. but not necessarily or because of um, the the treatment of Jewish people, it was, you know they had other motives as well, other um, you know hidden hidden motiva motivations behind um, why they did what they did and why they came together. Um, but when it came to slavery and colonization, you know everyone seemed to be on the same side, which was the side of the oppressor. And there were very few people yeah. who were ready to become allies to try and. Um, end it before it carried on for the next yeah. however many hundreds of years it did you know um yeah. and it's crazy yeah. to me because you know people will talk about oh but we've come so far we've now you know colon colonization is abolished now we've we've got the commonwealth and i think the commonwealth is the biggest fast in the history <laughs> of I honestly just think it's such a it's such a false it's a false claim of liberation to me mm -hmm. and that's that's my very own personal um opinion of that because I believe com the commonwealth hasn't proved any benefits to those former it colonies is. at all there's a lot of generations living mm. at the same time yeah, and I think that's that that that's an historical occurrence in which, uh, you know, without going for buzzwords like Gen Zs, millennials, boomers, right? But mm -hmm. there's just so many. There's just vast age difference, and uh, sorry, vast age mix, right? Uh, mm -hmm. in, in 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 our times, which brings forth everything. It brings right. forth all the history. It brings forth all the the hopes of the future. Mm. If I were to talk with many of my peers, right? Um, I believe the, the change, the steps of change have, have happened. Mm -hmm. We're at the stage where um, I am accepted, right? And I think that's a very important thing because I mean, also personally, as I said, you know, when I mean accepted, I mean, do they see me as, I mean, when I came to London, I was mm. definitely, I think one of the best experiences of my life because I was just walking down the street and nobody cared. And I, th and I, just, and I just found that beautiful because if I walk down the street in Geneva, I'm going to have someone look at me. Just, Heads just turning. Yeah. Yeah. This is more glance. And, and, and then I feel pressured and I, and I think, and all those things. But if I just walk down the streets of London, that's it. It's fine. I'm just, who, who cares? Yeah. You're just another dude walking down the streets and find that, find that beautiful. So, so that to say, in all this mix of generations, 
that so many ideologies exist, mm-hmm. right? So many ideologies exist and conflict and mix in each other. And I think, um, I mean, maybe future historians will have this, will understand this better. But because there's such a great mix of ideology, there's mm-hmm. no, um, there's no leadership in in who's 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 been vocal about certain mm-hmm. ideas. So I'm uh, what what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is, it we we just need a nice sort of leadership to 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 sort of to, to sort of ex- make sure that they're they they're understanding that there are that all of these. Um, and saying, saying, you know, saying the words, saying the, the words racism, saying the words uh, black, saying the words white, all these things, just putting them in, into the open and, and saying, you know what, we understand this still happens and not just making it light because, and if you want to talk politics, this happens because you don't want to blame an entire, like let's take the UK, you don't want to make the UK racist because mm. that would that, be silly. That would be very silly. There's, you know, it's just, you know, and you know what, that's another form of generalization, which is what happens in racism. And you don't, and, and you don't want to start using those, those, those weapons that have been used against you and, you, and, 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 and use them to go two steps backwards, as, as you say. So when, 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 when leaders and politicians say, you know, you know, ignore these sort of things, it's because they want to protect the, the non-racist of, 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 of the community of whatever nation. And that, that can, that, that, and I understand how that can be see, can be perceived as hurtful and, and, and ignoring all the pain that, that happens to so many other black individuals. You know, I, I think it's interesting because you, you mentioned that, you know, not wanting to make the UK racist and your experience of London has been very positive in comparison to your experience in Italy, not necessarily because your experience in Italy was, you know, outright horrible and oppressive, but just you could felt you could feel that there was a difference, right, between um, living in both um, countries. One thing that I would say is that, yeah, my experience in London and your experience in London are two mm-hmm. completely different experiences. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I um, agree, yeah. And I would say that, and you know, I think this also comes down to another um, prevalent thing in society here in the UK, where if you are mixed, yeah, I think you get a certain level of better treatment mm-hmm. than <laughs> if you come across to people as outright black fall out like African and mm-hmm. and not to say that you don't come across that way but I also feel like here in the UK because we've got such a mix of different races and we've got such a mix of different types of um, identities I think because we're more acclimated to having mixed race people here there, there's a different yeah, yeah. there's a difference in terms of um perception in comparison to italy and with that comes a certain level of privilege that i do think um mixed race people and i'm not just talking about people who are mixed with white or black i'm talking about mm-hmm. people who are mixed with whatever i think there's a certain level of privilege that comes with that because when you don't have any other race to identify with um, and it's very evident by just looking at you that that is the case. I think um, your experience here can be very different. Um, you know, I, yeah, yeah so I, I used to work, um, or yeah, I used to work and volunteer at a youth theatre company here in East London, and, you know, we did a few projects together with that particular theatre company and outside of the theatre company, but I was working with the same groups of people. Um, you know, there, there are experiences that we would talk about, especially the young black men that I was working with, you know, experiences that they would talk about. And it is prevalent, it is very evident to me that there is still a underlying um racial issue systemically within the uk um Mm -hmm. you know just 
literally yesterday yeah yesterday I was on my way to um a property and I was driving by and there was these group this group of um young black men who were chilling out in Camden you know it was a nice day the weather was really lovely and you know everyone was out and about just enjoying Mm -hmm. the weather and, and you know just having a good time taking the advantage to to meet up with friends and such um I finished my viewing at that property and I was headed back to the office so I I I took the same route and literally within that 20 minutes um of you know time going by from me last seeing those boys um there were under there were ununiformed police officers who were handcuffing Mm -hmm. them really yeah and from my first experience of seeing those boys you know, I noted them because I, I, the reason I even took notice of them the first time is because they were laughing at something. They must have been watching videos or cracking jokes or whatever, but they were just, you know, black boys having a good time, enjoying each other's company. Um, and, you know, their, their laugh was, the sounds of their laughs was contagious and sort of drew me to them, drew my attention mm-hmm. to them. And so then on my way back, me then seeing them all of a sudden in handcuffs, I was just like, what has happened in that space of 20 minutes that has now labeled these guys as being criminals or being you know needing to be put in handcuffs but you know that's the other thing is that it's not necessary that they'd done anything wrong it's not necessary that um you know there was any just reason for those police officers to have stopped them in the first place but one thing that i can say is that for a lot of black men in this country and in london before they even determine your innocence, mm-hmm. they immediately start treating you as guilty and will put you in handcuffs. Yeah. Before they even start to explain the reason why you've been stopped or before they um, start to uh, get down to whether or not you need to be taken to the mm-hmm. local station or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? So before they've even determined that you're guilty of something, Um, that is how the police here will deal with it is that they will put you in handcuffs first now they will put you in handcuffs first but I swear that from my experience that has only applied with um, black men because when I have seen you know working in Camden you see a lot of crazies walking around walking around all the time right (laughs) so there is a general yeah there's a general um, large police presence there anyway um but when I have been on nights out in Camden or just working in and around um, the area, I have seen, you know, white individuals or other race individuals get arrested occasionally, um, but never in the um, aggressive way that these boys were being um, arrested yesterday. And it's, and it's something that almost doesn't, shake me or shock me as much anymore because it's not the first time I've seen it and it is and it is it is a um ugly truth that there's just this innate perception that these boys are dangerous that by just being black you are dangerous and um that alone gives that police officer the justification to immediately treat you as guilty first before proven innocent. And wouldn't you say, like, I guess another problem here is less numbers, statistics, statistics, like those can be very harmful and, and can be very skewed. Very important mm. to say that. Yeah. Of course, the numbers will increase if that is the target and you continue increasing on that target. But all these, all these numbers and, uh, and math is, is a proven way to just convince right an argument mm. of saying you know and 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 that builds all of what we can say now systemically in in in, in the law enforcement you know mm. to to have these uh, these prejudice prejudice uh Views. Just... yeah it's it's it is crazy um but it, you know what and it's not to say that your experience here is unjust you know is is no, not of validated it, it, i just do think you know and you know this is why i think it's good to have talks like this because it's okay for us to 
disagree and <laughs> to not always agree on you know mm-hmm. having the same experiences because we're as individuals you would want for us to not have had yeah. the exact same experiences how would you describe yourself don would you how describe, would I describe yourself as yeah um no i always first and foremost describe myself at by my nationalities of birth which is south african and zimbabwean always and and how what do you have do you have a sense of i'm curious actually do you have a sense of 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 uh, connection to the uk i mean yeah i i will proudly in in some ways say that i am a british citizen because Mm -hmm. it is is the majority of the culture that I've lived in for the majority mm-hmm. of my life, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I do still identify as British as part of my identity. You know, it's interesting because when I was at university in America, um, I think I'd been asked the same question and in America, what I tried so hard to do <laughs> yeah. was to, be identified as British yeah. at the beginning, at, mm-hmm. at the very beginning when I was there, that is something that I consciously made the decision to try very hard to put out as my identity, that I'm British. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I, I can't really explain, explain it, but <laughs> it, yeah. it is what it is. Um, but as my time there sort of um, went by, I... I began sitting comfort comfortably in my identity as African and my more specific identities as South African and Zimbabwean. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's because I started to sit a lot more comfortably within myself because at my very core, that is who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always, I've always identified myself regardless by my nationalities first before my race. So I would always say that, black comes as probably the fourth or fifth identity for me yeah and also i mean also the problem about black is that it 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 just completely uh erases an identity because you know it does it does in some ways but i think for a lot of people who don't have you know and and i i thought the exact same way as you and i i still do in some sense um, but from my, my time spent in America with African-Americans yeah. who would have preferred to have been identified as black first rather than yeah. African-American because yeah. they, they didn't feel like they had a real tie with Africa because yeah. it was and severed. Yeah, that's uh, exactly, exactly that I was going to lead to that. Like, I think black, another issue is, I want to say it's quite American. It's quite mm. a, a, a US thing. And, it is. Um, which is different from Nero, which is the Italian word for black. Mm. Um, there, you know, it means African. Well, I feel like in the US it means black. But to go to, to your point of like how you would identify yourself, I think um, because somehow you wanted to say that you were uh, British at the very beginning, as mm. I wanted to say I was Italian to every UK person I met. That mm. was the first thing. Somehow I just had to say that was the thing, and then slowly become more comfortable by saying, "Hold on, you know, actually, there's there there there's that there's a core identity that I I've just put away." Yeah, um, uh, means that you can see more, and you can and you can hate more, and you can care more of the UK. Be- because you, you you are simply more attached to it, you know. I, I feel like, again, as I, as I apologize before, romantic, you know, love and hate comes together very strongly, and mm. and that's why I think I would still define myself as a tourist here, mm. and I think that does give you a blend of oh, I'm a tourist. This isn't. I'm 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 floating here. A blanket of safety as well. Yes, right. Exactly. For- yeah. So I, I don't feel like what anything says, oh, I, I could take the next flight and I'm off. Yeah. Okay. So, and, 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 and so the fear of, you know what, in my own home, which has happened to me, I, I, I was going back from school. I was, I was um, entering my, 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 my house building. And in front of me, there was this, there was this, there was this old man who turned to me and says, excuse me, where do you, what are you looking for? Hmm. You know, and, and what shocked me is this. 
we had spoken before inside mm. the apartment. He knows that I, I sort of lived there, but he mm. completely forgot me because it didn't matter. Mm. And he wondered, who is this kid? Why does he want to enter our building? Mm. And then I didn't have the guts to just, like, and all I said, I said, I just at home. Mm. I, I want to go home. And then he would look confused and then kept on walking, kept an eye on me and I took the elevator and I went to my building. So mm. I think home is sort of the key. In, 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 in your home, you just saw black uh, men being handcuffed after, after nothing. Mm. And I think that is what is very important to understand is it is great to be all very... Um, very political, very analytical, all these issues. But mm. what happens is we, we can't seem to find a home. Mm. And you can do certain things and you can just go outside. You can, you can, you can just say you're happy to be wherever you are. Mm. I think one thing that many would say that you and I have the privilege of is you know, and, and correct me if this is wrong, especially because, I, you know, I can't speak from a biracial background, but I do think that you and I, in a way, have that privilege as people who identify as black with having that home. You know, we, we can identify where home, where our true home would be, which I guess to us would be the southern region of Africa, mm-hmm. right? But... Um, from from your perspective, it, it, home might be split between you know that region and and Italy. Yeah. Um, but I do know with a lot of black people, they don't. A lot of black people who have the generations been separated from that original home in Africa, wherever whichever country that may be, um, there is no there is no home to identify with at the end of the day. So when it comes to their experiences here in the UK, because we do have many descendants of slaves here in the UK that, you know, the UK is very, um, very hesitant to ever really acknowledge or want to talk about, especially in education. Um, And with the experience of the um, black American community in in the States, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they don't, they don't have, a concrete identity of where home is and so their home is that country that they're in right their home is america their home is the uk mm-hmm. but when your home doesn't even want you or tries very hard to um you know disown you to um to separate to you back. to to categorize you to you know if your home is not welcoming where else do you go? You don't have that privilege of, and you know they they don't have the privilege of um, being able to 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 float as you were saying in terms of um, you know letting those things wash off them. They have no choice but to fight back because that yeah. is the only home that they know. You know, you did mention that steps have been taken. I, I do think steps have been taken in many cases. Um, across the world but I do think there is still a far way for us to go Um, and the biggest step that needs to be taken is this acknowledgement. I don't know how I feel about this idea of reparations um, just because I don't want it to turn into this um, uncomfortable display of white guilt as many people have been talking about Um, but I do feel like there is something that needs to be done. So it's almost in a whole different uh, conversation, but it does all relate to who had the first say on what is right in the world. Mm. Who has, who has had the say, why does now India still sell skin lightening products? Mm. Why is there, um, why is colorism a thing in in the representation of media? Mm. The amount, and, and, and and I say this myself, so many people say, oh, look, now there's a black woman, a black actress that is making a way to the world. Her skin is basically the, as light as it can be. And this is in no way her fault for mm. existing. Because I might, uh, you know, it's just who defines sort of what works, what right. is right. And, right. and that's, have- that, that is where we sort of can dwindle it down to it being systemic 
and institutionalized mm -hmm. because it is the world that we live in. There is a system that was created however many centuries ago where somebody said, okay, these are the identifiers we're going to use to, the, to, the, to categorize and describe these types of people. Mm -hmm. um, this, is, this is what we are going to identify as good. This is what we are going to identify as okay. And this is what we are going to identify as bad. Um, the, not to say that somebody sat down in a room and came up with all of this, but it is Which something. <laughs> but it is something that did happen gradually over time, and very much became um, embedded and weave and was weaved into a, a lot of our global systems. And it's and it is the reason why we still have issues of colorism. It is the reason why we still have issues of um, skin bleaching in places like India and, and countries in Africa and, and parts of, um, you know, the Americas. It's the reason why the media is so quick when it comes to the black race to put it down as race first rather than mm -hmm. just an achievement due to her talents, due to her merits or, you know, even just celebrating the fact that it's a woman because it's been, we all know that, you know, um, the feminist movement is, is still prevalent and is still necessary. Yeah. And I know that we, we don't have little time left, but just, just to sort of end on your note, I think this is always down to uh, blonde, brunette, uh, and black hair should be the same as saying black, white, and uh, brown. Or in other words, not an irrelevant news article. Right. Great, great, great uh, attribute to a person, but not news worthy, which that is the ideal stage. We mm. need, there's so many things to get to that, but that'll be lovely. Right. And just to piggyback off of that, we're not saying that we need a world that is colorblind, because as we've said earlier today, we're not talking about, because colorblind colorblindness doesn't help anybody. It doesn't aid anybody. We're wanting, <laughs> we're wanting cultures to still be celebrated, but we're saying when it comes down to the way the system is, people should be seen first as who they are rather than uh, the scholar or the pigmentation of their skin. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I agree. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I mean, I wish we could have, there's I wish so we could continue talking for the next few hours, but you know, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> thank you so much though for your time today. This has been really useful for me as well. I think, you know, mm -hmm. this is a conversation that I've always wanted to kind of have with you. I've just always been interested in, in what your experience was because it's not one that I could so easily always identify with. Um, there are things yeah. that obviously we've got a lot in common, but at, at the same time, I've just always wanted to know because we've never really had a conversation like this before no. and again all these things what do they do the more you talk the more you understand each other and the more you you feel close yeah so thank you for hosting this conversation uh you know it, it just brings us closer you and i and i hope who else is who else is listening